we're streaming. We are we're not streaming. We, no, we're not. We're we're, we're not totally live. we're totally we are totally streaming, and uh, we're live, ladies and gentlemen. And first of all, uh, thank you for joining us uh, at the Marketing Geeks podcast. This this particular show is kind of our throwaway show, but it's something that we do every year. And that is that we like to break down just the geekiest junk that we've seen all year and uh, or or read or experienced or just our own personal favorites. You know, so if you want marketing advice, uh, you shouldn't listen to this podcast at all, probably. Yeah, but at least listen to a different episode, right? <laughs> Definitely listen to a different episode. We'll go over some of our favorite episodes, but this is this is. Just, we'll, we'll mention a thing or two about yeah. marketing in here, also. True, but if if Maybe. you want if you want to just uh, just hear some cool like geek stuff that you may uh, find interesting, this is the podcast for you absolutely ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh welcome to the marketing geeks marketing geeks ladies and gentlemen we are alive We're back We're yes back. marketing geeks is back and this is uh this is our, our yearly retrospective where we like to just kind of break down all the nonsense that we when we're not marketing sometimes we like you know we we, we like other geek things when we do our retrospective we get introspective is what you're trying to say yeah absolutely and uh it's been a weird year i mean in uh in the whole you know i've i've, I've really i've spent i've spent normal to me well i've spent mostly that's true for both of us uh, if even if this year was exactly the same, we'd still be doing, you know, in our in our houses, not wearing pants. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm more of an introvert than you are. So just introvert, computer nerd, working at home, totally normal year. That's right. That's right. So uh, why don't we kick it off? Uh, you know what I'd like to kick it off with? Because we love movies. It's one th- place that you and I definitely connect. And I am going to play now a clip. This is a clip from last year where we made our predictions of what was going to happen in the movies. And uh, some of it was quite accurate and uh, others not so much. So so just 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 to give you an idea of, of how life has changed for everybody. This is this is what we were talking about last year. Uh, this is from episode 88, uh, exactly one year ago today when we posted it. So here we go. We've seen how bad the movies look in 2020, so it's going to be kind of a difficult one to pick. But what's going to be the top uh, the top earner in the box office? Uh, is it going to be that big of a top earner? The top earner is in, is probably going to be the Eternals, which will come out at the end of the year. It's the new Marvel movie, the beginning of uh, Phase Four. So hmm. I I, uh, I predict that the Eternals is going to crush it. I don't think Black Widow is going to do extremely well, but it, it, it's going to do well. I mean, for a movie, but. Uh, I think it's going to do like Captain Marvel numbers. Uh, but I, I looked over all the movies that were coming out for 2020, like the big tentpole films. And I have to tell you, I am not excited. I predict that, that this year will be the year that will, uh, that, that people will look back on as like, that was near the beginning of the end for the cinema experience. I think that, yeah, I think it's going to go more, towards streaming at this point now i i hate these movies but i 
think the top runner of 2020 is going to be the Fast and the Furious 9. Oh, absolutely. But the, the dark horse that I'd like to see become the number one earner in 2020 would be the movie Tenet, with, uh, which is Christopher Nolan's movie, which uh, I don't really even know what that's about. But So I think uh, if the reviews come in positive and everybody rallies behind it, it's got a chance. Yeah. But that's the dark horse where I'd like to see an actual good movie do well in 2020 and oh, be yeah. the top and the earner in the box office. Yeah. And then James Bond, James Bond will do really well. Birds of Prey will do really well. Uh, I don't think, I think Mulan will probably do well in China, but not so well in the U.S. Um, and, uh, and that's about it. I don't think, I think Son- Sonic is going to be a bomb. Of course. Okay, but here's the big one. Are you ready? Yeah. At the very end of the year, I think James Cameron is going to re-release Avatar to get back his standing as the number one movie of all time box office, as long as Disney lets him. Oh man. It'll actually be really easy for him to get that. I mean, he actually just did an interview recently where he said, um, it's a virtual certainty that Avatar will regain status as the number one movie of all time. If it gets granted a re-release, which is likely considering that Avatar one didn't come out. Um, it came out in 2009 and the sequel doesn't come out until 2021. But the other part of this is that I think that James Cameron is going to attach the Avatar 2 trailer to the re-release exclusively. And that's uh, unfortunately the most exciting event of 2020 in the world of cinema. Okay, so so your prediction was that uh, Fast and the Furious was going to be the top earner this year. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, in a parallel universe, it was the top earner in 2020 uh in the universe where you know COVID didn't quite make it over to the u.s but i will tell you this everything i said in that clip and i couldn't hear a word of it when you were playing it but i listened to it before we recorded so i know what mm-hmm. i said was uh, accurate except it's just delayed by one year yeah so everything i just said is the exact same prediction i have for 2021 except uh starting january 20 january 1st 2021 you know till the end so yeah fast and the furious 9 the same movie is going to be the number one box office earner yeah avatar one is going to be re-released at the end of the year and the trailer for avatar two will still be rolling out with the avatar one re-release and avatar one will overtake avengers endgame as the number one movie of all time james cameron will return to his throne and balance will be returned to the force i don't know man i i really i really don't know because the thing is is that i it's it's going to be a hard ask to get people into the movie theaters, right? Uh, and it doesn't matter. You're talking about the number one box office. It, somebody's going to win it. It doesn't mean they're going to make 300 million. They could make 50 million. Yeah. Fast and the Furious is still going to outsell everything else because people love dumb movies where cars run in the, or fly in the sky and Vin Diesel says a line and the family, the family. It was just so good. I can't get enough. The family. So, there's uh, an explosion like brew, bra, boom. Uh, I and love that. and uh, I, I predicted that, uh, of course, Black Widow and uh, Eternals would be up at the top. And uh, I think you're right. Like all my predictions just were uh, pushed back. But for the movies that you did see, give me a rundown because uh, you, you haven't seen too many movies this summer. So give me the this is the best of show. Tell me the best things that you've seen movie wise all year, if you can. In the theater, I yeah. aside, I might have saw two movies, but the only one I remember seeing, so I'm gonna call this the number one movie of the theater in 2020 was Birds of Prey, the mm. Harley Quinn movie, which I thought was I mean, I went in with like low, low, low expectations. And I came out thinking, wow, that wasn't bad. So really? I, very I, possible. I have not revisited the film ever since watching it. 
it's very possible that I just had such low expectations that I like thought it was better than it was because of that. And that's happened to me before. So it's very possible. Um, but I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought Ewan McGregor was pretty funny in it. He played black mask and then his little sidekick guy was funny. Um, uh, was v- Victor Zaz, but he like totally different take on the character. It was, uh, I actually quite, I enjoyed it. Then again, I told you, I'm telling you, my expectations were below zero. So sometimes, sometimes my, uh, the reality of it may be off when I, ha- when I, ha- when that happens to me, I can sometimes overestimate how good something is. Well, I have to tell you, I too went in with very, very low expectations and I have to tell you my expectations were met. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you seen the theater though. I saw the theater now, now, now that said, uh, my expectations for James Gunn's suicide squad reboot are very high <laughs> and I have a feeling they will be met. So, uh, I'm hearing good things, but I also heard good things about Wonder Woman 1984 oh coming up. I haven't seen it yet. I still haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984, but I've heard terrible things ever since it's been released. But there was a lot of positive hype coming into it ahead of time. Um, but I have not seen it, so I cannot judge it quite yet. Uh, I do have HBO Max, so I, I have access to it. Apparently, it's only streaming on HBO Max until like January 21st. So I actually have a limited window. I didn't realize this, but I do. So I got I got to watch it pretty soon. Let me tell you something that that you know how like a movie's so bad you leave the theater. That movie was so bad I had to leave my house. Wonder Woman, you you watched it? You started it? I I I play? I I you hit the play button. I you know it's it's <laughs> it's just it's look I used to work in the movie industry and I I I did test marketing for films and you can smell a stinker a mile away you really can and this just this. I just say no, uh, but but so so I'm going on record. This is my prediction. Hopefully, I'll play it next year. My prediction for next year is that Suicide Squad two will be unbelievably good. It will be probably the best like superhero movie of the year. So that is my prediction for 2021. I don't think it's I don't think that's that outlandish. I, I've heard really good things about uh, people that have seen the test screenings. I've heard I'm hearing great things from the set. So um, I read a lot of geeky move movie <laughs> websites. So so James Gunn is, is a talented dude. And he I mean, he's the director of Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. If you don't know who he is, um, he also laid out a tweet from 10 years ago that kind of almost kicked out the Marvel team. But then he got he uh, he was salvaged because uh, his reputation on set um, won him back over with the Disney execs. It sounds like he's a pretty good guy. He's got, he's got a dark sense of humor, but he's a good guy. But, you know, a lot of us have dark senses of humor, so I'm all good with that. That's that's true. And and I've been thinking a lot about cancel culture lately because a lot of people on the right are like, cancel culture, you know, the they're trying to cancel everything. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Oh, they're all like, cancel marketing geeks. God, I, I wish I wish somebody I wish somebody would. <laughs> Otherwise, I got to keep coming back here. Uh, but but uh, uh you know, the, the funny thing about just to go on a small tangent, the, the thing about cancel culture is that if you believe in the market forces, the invisible hand of the market forces, if you truly believe that that the market forces should dictate what happens, then you should have no problem with cancel culture. Because the thing is, is that if, if people don't want to buy your stuff anymore because they're offended by you, that is the free hand of the marketplace doing its thing. Right. So, so I I don't, I mean, I guess, I guess the argument would be if the government is, if it's like government political involvement, I guess would be the argument. I'm going to try to think of the counter argument here. That would be what I would come up with. Yeah, but Um, they're not. But 
still it still is like even with that though it's still kind of it's still your decision it's still based on the market laissez fair laissez fair whatever yeah exactly so so look if you if if you have a problem with uh, J.K. Rowling suddenly being transphobic uh, and you don't want to buy her books anymore and you think she should be canceled, well, you know, you have a right to not buy her stuff and and protest it online. Uh, uh, don't 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 dox her. Don't go to her house and do crazy shit. Don't you know, don't confront her. But you are free to to express your opinion and not buy her stuff. That's a good point. Though. A good line to draw is like doxing is a, a good line to draw. That's that's too far. Yeah, for, I think. yeah. Or, or or you know, affecting someone. You know, make you threatening someone's life. You know, uh, you know. Come on, people. Let's let's be adults here. Um, but um, my uh, my favorite movies of the year. So let me let me go over quickly what those were because I did see uh, quite a number of movies. Uh, I saw. Uh, Queen and Slim, which was a little independent film about two people on a on a Tinder date for the first time who uh, these this uh, black couple, they don't really get along. And on the way home, uh, they accidentally get into an altercation with a cop and uh, the guy ends up shooting the cop. And next thing you know, they're on the run. Uh, That was that was a pretty good uh, movie. I also enjoyed I just saw it the other day. I highly recommend it. Palm Springs. Uh, it's the, uh, it's, I think it's on, uh, Amazon and it's, uh, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? Adam, uh, not Adam Sandler, uh, guy from Saturday Night Live. No, 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 no. Adam Carolla. Adam, no. Adam. Uh, the guy that does the, the digital shorts all the time. Uh, uh, that guy, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Palm Springs is a wonderful movie. It's kind of like, uh, somebody was a big fan of Groundhog Day and just thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if it was Groundhog Day, but it had these other elements in it? Like you were stuck in Groundhog Day with another person. What would that be like? Uh, and did you watch the Twilight Zone this year? The new episodes? I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see any of it. One of them was like a Groundhog Day redo, where it's. Uh, I don't. I don't want to give too much away, but it, Topher Grace. I think it was Topher. Yeah, Topher Grace is the mm-hmm. guy. It's worth. Actually, that episode is probably one of the better ones. Um, I've heard a lot of people hating on the second season of Twilight Zone. Uh, I, I enjoyed a few of them. I think some of them were bad. Some of them were good. But that one was actually kind of funny because it was like a, a little bit of a dark take on Groundhog Day. Well, uh, I'll, I'll definitely see it. Well, uh, I, I want to find out your television takes. Uh, yeah, but- well, I got some mo- I got more movies, too. So I got OK, more. OK. Um, uh, other movies that I thought were outstanding this year. Uh, let me think. Oh, uh, Josh Tickell's movie, who was a guest on our show. He came out with a new film called Kiss the Ground. Uh, Got to plug that. Yeah, it hit, it hit Netflix. It hit Netflix. That's a big deal. You're hitting Netflix. A big deal. Yeah, it's a, a, a really good documentary. Of course, uh, The Social Dilemma, which I thought was uh, incredibly impactful. Uh, if, if you haven't seen that, you, 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 you must see that. Uh, I saw, even though it came out, a few years ago, I think the China hustle based on your recommendation, we, uh, we had one of uh, the people from two of the people that's right from the China hustle were guests on our show. Uh, and, uh, that, uh, those were, those were great episodes. So, uh, yeah, we had had Dan David and Carson block from the movie, the China hustle. I also watched that in like around January or February of this Mm -hmm. year for the first time. And then 
We just reached out and brought them on the show. And those were, uh, those are amazing interviews for anyone interested. I, I'd say that, I mean, that goes into a little bit of marketing, but a lot of just like the stock market and market manipulation and um, fraud, the fraud that goes on in wall street or behind the scenes, not necessarily wall street, but behind the scenes. Yeah. So, that was uh episode uh, marketing geeks episode uh 116 which which would dropped uh august uh 20 20th 22nd of this uh last year 2020 that was a really great show so uh anyway i highly recommend those uh i also just recently saw soul on uh disney plus and i really liked it i started it i i, I really enjoyed the beginning of it i have yeah. a two-year-old so I couldn't couldn't keep him engaged the entire time, but I, I need to go finish it. So I, I really like the beginning. Yeah. Of it. Well, you got to give your kid Adderall, man. That's he's at the age. He, what is he now? Three. That's right. He's uh, no, he's not quite three. Two and a half, I think, is the, okay. the okay. two and a half, six is, month. Yeah, maybe maybe another like two and three quarters, kind of the Adderall sure. mark. Yeah. Sure, get him get him on the Adderall and antidepressants, <laughs> like like most three year olds nowadays. Um, so so yeah, Soul Soul was super good. Uh, Pixar pulled it off again the the movie had a lot of heart now did you see uh, mulan really the live action mulan i did not i did see mulan and oh. i felt uh well okay for for those of you who don't know about mulan there, there was a few problems with the movie first of all when they created the movie they made it specifically for the chinese market uh part of the the uh i guess the feedback that that disney has received through the years is that they whitewash a lot of the roles where they put white actors in yep. the roles where uh should be traditionally asian roles or uh, you know, and, and I think that that actually is something that goes too far. Like, well, should we get gay people to portray gay people in the movies? It's like, well, oh my were, God. Uh, I think it was last year, Scarlett Johansson got cast as a, uh, a trans person and there was such backlash that um, she had to back out of the movie. And then they, um, and I don't, now I think the movie is not going to get made. So that's, well, a, that's, that's what can happen though, too, is if you, yeah. if you take it too far, then the entire movie doesn't get made and then the whole subject doesn't get covered. Which, which actually, I, I kind of agree with because uh, I've seen a lot of beautiful trans people, but nobody's Scarlett Johansson beautiful. You can't make that kind of transition and, and be realistic with it. Come on now, but uh, uh, but I, 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 as far as Mulan goes, it was made for the Chinese market. They did use like famous Chinese actors, but the trouble is, is it was right around the time that that uh, China was taking over Hong Kong, and it was also during the time when they found out that the place that they were filming it was where there was a lot of concentration camps for Muslim mongers. And uh, it became a bit of a sticky issue. So, uh, and then of course the people in China rejected the film outright as well. Uh, and the actress, uh, though, came out in support of the um, Chinese government, the people's Republic of China. Yes. Yeah, so she yeah. came out in support of, the, of China and then that created a whole conflict with all the Hong Kong protesters. So yeah, it was a bad, it was really bad timing. Yeah, bad timing all around. And then they also uh, Disney wanted to experiment by by charging extra for the movie, uh, so it was a disaster all the way around. The movie itself not bad, uh, just objectively it was okay. Uh, I heard you know, this, this is how it was described in a review I read. It was like everything the animated movie was, except minus the fun and the music. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Light, you know. <laughs> Anyway, it was minus everything that makes it good. It's it's Milan 2.0 minus all the good stuff. Yeah. So I I uh uh I, I did not put that on my list. 
as far as uh, I did see a movie that came out last year, Peanut Butter Vulcan with uh, uh, with Shia LaBeouf was super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely loved that movie. And uh, and uh, I finally saw Train to Busan, which is a fantastic zombie picture. If you've uh, if you've never seen it. And uh, another movie that I've really loved is a foreign film called Woman at War, which is about a woman who uh, lives in a small village in Iceland. And she goes to war with a giant corporation that wants to build power lines through uh, this pristine uh, uh, land. Uh, I thought that that was really uh, a great movie. So is it I, a ripoff of Aaron Brockovich, though? No, it is okay. not. OK, just checking it, it's uh yeah no it's uh but but it the overall uh i i i don't know i i i uh i did see something it's hard it's hard now because you know movies and tv shows are kind of blending as i said in our in my little clip the death of the movie industry which i was correct on but uh but some of the best stuff i've seen were actually just like tv shows and series so uh as far as probably the best thing i saw all year was the queen's gambit on netflix that uh blew the doors off of pretty much anything so that to me I, i'm putting that as like the number one thing that i probably saw all year yeah and i i still haven't seen it so i, I think everything i saw was just bad for the most part but i mean you know there's different levels of bad and that's what we have to judge things by so if yeah. we have to call things that are the best of the bad that's why birds of prey is up there on the list <laughs> but uh I did see Tenet. We, I think we mentioned this in the last episode. I just want to bring it up briefly. Tenet, I, I, I enjoyed Tenet. I think, again, it's overly convoluted. They uh, didn't need to make it as complex as they made it. They could have simplified the plot a little bit so that your everyday person could understand it a little bit better. And I think that would have benefited the movie overall, um, especially the box office. Although, given the circumstances, I don't know that anything could have benefited the box office. So it was kind of a, a rough time just to release movies in general. I think they're, the thing with Tenet, though, is I think they're going to try to re-release it. And I, still, I think it's going to fail again just because it's already been released now. Most people have had a chance to see it. I don't think people care that much whether they see it in the theater or not in the theater, even though it's filmed uh, a good chunk of it's filmed with IMAX cameras. So it's designed for a theatrical experience. I still think there's not enough of a, a demand to go see it again. So I don't yeah. see that succeeding, even if they re-release it. Uh, the other movies I saw are a bunch of crap, including uh, Escape Room, which was entertaining crap. I saw Ready or Not. Now, this one is good. I love that movie. That was actually... I did. I did. Uh, This is the one where... The one with the the girl from uh, The Babysitter, Mm -hmm. who she gets gets married, and then there's like this family tradition where they have to play a board game uh, the night a, a new family member enters the family, and if they draw hide and seek... Then yeah. they they get hunted, played for life or death. Yeah, it's it, it was a it, Quite entertaining. It, yeah, it was definitely a fun movie. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, and as far as uh, like good like thrillers, it it was fun. It it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, ready or not, I, I mean overall though, it's like uh, I I I hope that COVID does one thing, which is making people realize that they that 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 the, the an over the top giant movie just because it's over the top and giant doesn't necessarily make it good it really comes down to the story 
uh, Tennant, I think, was an interesting. Andre, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. <laughs> just watch. Just watch what Fast and the Furious does. Of course. I promise you there will be no story involved in that movie. I promise you. Oh, I, I, there'll be a story. It'll be about, you know, crossing the line with the family. family. It'll be about family. But, 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 uh, interesting note about Tenant. One of the, the very interesting things about it is that in, in one sequence, I'm not giving away anything, but in one sequence, there's a, a giant plane, a 747 that runs into a building and blows up. And initially they were going to do the whole thing in CG, but, uh, apparently Nolan, Christopher Nolan found that it would be too expensive and it would be cheaper to actually get a plane and run it into a building and blow it up than it would be to create the sequence in CG. So for that, it, I mean, I, the practical effects are still awesome. Um, and, uh, and then a couple of throwback movies that I, I watched and I really liked, I, uh, showed my kid gremlins. He was old enough finally to see uh, gremlins which to me is the second greatest christmas movie of all time next to mm-hmm. die hard behind batman returns <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh so that was uh that was fun just you know i've been going back and i'm showing uh my son uh certain movies that that i grew up with like um you know uh midnight cowboy uh things like that have you have you ever seen midnight cowboy I have not. I've oh not seen Midnight Cowboy. That's, is that Travolta, right? No, it's it's John Voight and uh, what is that? Urban Cowboy Travolta is that the one? That that's that's the one. Ah, okay. I haven't seen either one. That's the one. So I guess uh, I should. Midnight Cowboy is on my list. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk TV though, because I do have some TV. Stuff. Yeah. What? So so Queen's Gambit was uh, was it for me? Uh, I Handmaid's Tale. We didn't get another episode of Handmaid's Tale, but. Uh, still a, a great show that was still on the top of my list. Uh, and then as far as, as any other series or movie, I can't even think, man, there's nothing really like, like there's so many things that, that are good and then they just die off. But the one thing that really stuck out to me, and I think it's one of the best experiences I had all Help. year. Tell me. The, the boys, the boys knocked it out of the park. And one of the reasons I, you haven't seen it. It's, no, I haven't seen it. It's so good. It is so good. And and the one of the reasons why is because uh, with a lot of shows, you know, and this is what happened to me with uh, uh, Westworld. Westworld was great, but like season two and even season three, it was just a little too long. Like they could have trimmed out four episodes and I would have been fine with it. Uh, the Boys was eight episodes and there was no fat. They could have dragged it out to 13 episodes eight episodes, very tight. The writing was stellar. I love the characters. I love the premise. Uh, so you, you need to see the boys, man, cause you would love it. It is honestly the best thing out I've seen all year ever, ever. ever. Yeah. I need to see that. Um, for me, better call Saul. Number one, I love better call Saul. So this was season five or six. Yeah. I don't remember, but they have one more season left. So the, the next season is the end of the show. Um, I loved it. I don't know what the situation is with filming and COVID and all that. So I don't know when it's going to come out, but I loved it. Awesome. Awesome show. I have watched zero Mandalorian and I don't even care to watch it because I'm just tired of all that crap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I like was dark season three. So I'm a huge, huge fan of the dark series, dark season three, uh, mostly 
it, you know, it wasn't the master masterpiece that I was hoping for the whole thing to come together and be, but it was pretty damn good. So uh, the whole three season arc of dark arc of dark. I like that um, was, was awesome. I highly, highly recommend that show on Netflix. It's a German show. So it's in German. You can watch it with subtitles or you can watch very badly dubbed English audio, which I watched the bad English dubbed audio. I survived it. Um, you know, you it's your, pick your poison. But it's a it's a really really well written show and I quite enjoyed it. It's pretty it's pretty high level. I'm trying to I think oh yeah. And then I watched uh, you know with with the two year old we watched Camp Cretaceous Jurassic World or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty decent. It's like eight episodes. It's CGI on Netflix. It just came out at the end of the year and they're I think season two is already rolling out like in a couple weeks. So that was okay. And then like Word Party season three, you know, awesome, just awesome <laughs> Word Party. Word Party. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have two-year-olds that's what you I watch know, you right? watch a lot of stuff uh do you read any books any books this uh year that you read i, I yeah i mean i i don't remember <laughs> i can't even remember it. that's how good they are uh yeah i don't know come back to me on that okay what you what you got what you got oh, man i, I have a huge list i have a huge list uh i, right, I some of these are old school so uh kindred by octavia butler about a woman who uh, wakes up and she's uh, she's a, a black woman and she wakes up and she's in the uh, South uh, 150 years ago and she lives on a plantation and she has to figure out a way to get back. Uh, and she she gets transferred over with her husband, who's white. And it's uh, it's it's very it's a classic uh, book. I uh, I read The Hobbit to my son, who loved it, which is which is good. I reread that. I uh, read one of my dad's books that I haven't read before, a book called Venus Plus X, which uh, which is about a guy who wakes up in a uh, utopia and what what his views are on this utopia and how they deal with him. And uh, that was pretty good. Also by my dad, I wrote uh, Theodore Sturgeon. I re- read a book called Some of Your Blood, which uh, allegedly was the inspiration for Silence of the Lambs about a guy who's convinced that he's a ser- he's a vampire, but he's really a serial killer. Um, I, uh, I read the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, all seven books, which uh, very entertaining, not great, but definitely entertaining. Uh, some more serious things I wrote, uh, I read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl about uh, a famous book about a guy who spends his time in a concentration camp. He, in, and uh, while he was there, he's a, a psychologist and he kind of made uh, his thesis around how people deal with stress when they're in a situation like that. I need to reread. I read that in like 2010. I need to reread that one. It, it, it's amazing. And, and directly on the heels of that, I read uh, Milton Mayer's book, They Thought They Were Free, which was about a guy who uh, during and just after the war, he was a journalist who interviewed people who were in the Nazi party and 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 tried to figure out why they became Nazis. Uh, and they're just normal people. And it's that is really interesting because if you wonder like how people you know, convert into fascism, how they turn themselves over to fascism. This really explains it. And it it's 
It's not as simple as you may think. Uh, so one of the, uh, and then I, I reread, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, which I highly recommend every American should read that. If you really want to know how geopolitics works in America, read Confessions of a year was not written. That was, that was written in the eighties or early nineties. And it's about a guy who worked for the international monetary fund. His job was to basically Mm -hmm. go into a government and say, Hey, you've got all these resources and uh, the International Monetary Fund will come in and we'll build you an airport, we'll build you sanitation, and we'll build you power uh, power plants and hospitals. And in return, you you put up for collateral your uh, resources in your country. And when uh, when and they make the the numbers look really good. And inevitably, these countries would default on their loans. And of course, when they do, then uh, we go in and steal all their stuff. And if the governments do not agree or the president or the, the elected leaders do not agree with that idea, then they send in the jackals to do their job, which is, you know, assassinate democratically elected uh, individuals. So so it, it's interesting because you can trace what's happening in Venezuela and Latin America. And the reason that people are coming up to America right now from those countries is is as a direct result of stuff that America did during uh, that time, during the 70s and uh, early 80s, it, it, the secret wars that were happening. Uh, and it's 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 an incredible story of a uh, history lesson that nobody really talks about. So highly recommend uh, that book. Uh, I also came across something really interesting. This is in the, uh, I subscribe to the Audible, all you can listen, you know, books uh, on uh, on audio. And Alien 3 was, uh, there was a draft of Alien 3 that was written by William Gibson. And they did an audio version of it with the original cast. And, uh, and it, 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 it is the alien three that we should have had it, it, because it, 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 the one thing that William Gibson introduced, which I think was missing from the alien universe is that, you know, everybody works for the company in the alien universe, like the whole, you know, no matter where you are, you work for the company, which I guess ultimately is Amazon or Disney or both, you know, they just merge and uh, and so it gets into like who's fighting that. So it gets into the rebel forces that are actually trying to fight the company, and both of them want to get a hold of the uh, the alien uh, embryos so they can use it as a weapon. And of course, it goes sideways. But I uh, <laughs> I really uh, I I really uh, enjoy that. And then uh, there's a, a series of science fiction books called uh, We Are Legion, Dennis E. Taylor, uh, also known as the Bobbyverse uh, 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 Quartet. Great uh, book. And I am currently finishing a, uh, a new uh, book, just came out this year, and it is called The Vanished Birds by Simon Jimenez. Uh, and it's a sci-fi book, uh, probably one of the better things I've read uh, this year. So, uh, that's my, uh, that's my reading list. And then in between, I had a whole bunch of other stuff that I, uh, read and listened to, uh, uh, and some stuff I'll give my full review later. <laughs> nice. Uh, for, for so. me, I would say that for books, I, I pulled up a couple here that I couldn't remember the titles, but I got them up. And I mean, most of them are like more like textual textbooks. So, um, copywriting, a couple of the ones are copywriting books, the, the 16 word sales letter, 
which is uh, a proven method of writing multi-million dollar copy faster than you ever thought possible by Evaldo uh, Albert. Albert Care, Albert Kerky. I don't even know Albert Kerky. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but awesome, awesome book on copywriting on the subject of copywriting. I also got a couple of books by Gary Halbert on copywriting, and then another book I got um, is by Dane Maxwell, Start from Zero, which I I quite enjoyed, and I listened to a few episodes of his podcast, uh, checked out his book, and I thought that was a pretty solid book. Uh, for me, though, I'd say most of my learning um things like that i I mean i spent a lot of time watching youtube videos and like interviews with ceos and lots of that kind of stuff this year um i also got a book on evolutionary psychology which is like a textbook that i'm I'm very fascinated on that subject as well so a, a lot of kind of like textbooks and less uh less casual reading this last year i think this year i'm going to be doing a lot more of like traditional business books because i have a we were just talking before we started recording about how we both have a ton of books in our audio, in our audible accounts. So yeah. I got, I got plenty of business books to catch up on. Um, and I, I think in 2019, I read quite a few business books, uh, 2020, I definitely slowed down. There's probably one or two that I'm forgetting that I did an audible as well this year. Um, but I think in, in 2021, I'm going to be doing a lot more audio business books, um, not as, and in a combination of also more, you know, textbooks and things like that too. So what was your biggest takeaway, like your biggest lesson for 2020? If you were to boil it all down, what was the best thing that you learned all year? Uh, I mean, a couple things here. So number one, that business success is tied to your ability to be flexible and your ability to um, be yeah, flexibility and adaptability are, are really important for business. I mean, we've watched companies like in the restaurant industry, for instance, or the travel industry, the ones that were flexible and adaptable are the ones that are still thriving or they're at least they're, they're still surviving. They're going to survive this. They're going to weather the storm and they'll be positioned to, to dominate when, you know, everything comes back because they'll be the ones that have the everything kind of in order. They'll have the reputation and all that. And that some of the businesses have gone under and, um, and there's a lot of people that are buying businesses that are down down and out right now. And, and that's, and that's part of capitalism. Um, the other thing I would say is just, well, well you, why don't you do one and I'll come back to my second one. Cause I had something else I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pivoting, being flexible. Uh, and I, th- I mentioned this in the last episode is that, is that at the beginning of the year, I had some clients that were like, okay, this is our plan for the year. And I helped them like strategize the whole thing. And then we immediately had to throw that whole thing out the window. And uh, rather than being reactive to what was going on, we became, uh, you know, I, 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 I grabbed the flag and became proactive where we just created content, did more live streaming stuff, uh, just, you know, made things happen. And, you know, that, that was really, that was really it. And I, I think that the, the, the biggest takeaway for me also in general was that, uh, I think that people in general are very tired of the system, the way that it, it, it runs right now, the, the whole system. And I, I think that we are potentially ready to stop being so selfish and start looking at one another and being more inclusive uh, because we have seen what, what the full 
breadth of unrestrained capitalism looks like. And, and it's not good. It's, it's harmful. And, and the truth is, is that if, if we had some sort of, especially in America, if we had some sort of national health healthcare system, we wouldn't have the problems we're having right now. And here in the Netherlands, uh, the economy is, is, you know, we've had some hard lockdowns. We're in the middle of a hard lockdown right now, but, uh, but overall people are, are, uh, are okay with it. And the economy has been pretty good and, and things have been rolling along, you know, limping along a little bit, but it's not nothing like, uh, like other countries. So, well, uh, that, on that, that's been an eye opener. On that economic note, the other thing, one of the other things I learned is that the stock market is not connected to the economy. <laughs> that's bananas. The health of the stock market is unconnected to the health of the economy, as we learned from March till now. Uh, because yeah. like we went into one of the worst GDP quarters in history. Um, if it wasn't, I mean, what, what was it like negative 40% or something like bananas? Yeah. Um, and the market was boop going up. And, and so like, I mean, there's just, there's just an utter disconnection between the economic conditions and the market conditions in the stock market, which is something I never understood. And I still don't really understand. Um, but I, I mean, I, but there's no denying that was the case this year because if you just watch the market, I mean, the market is up for the year. Our, our stock market is up from 2020 at the beginning to the end. That know, alone is insane. That, <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't, that's not reality. That's, yeah. you know. And then, I, um, and then beyond, <laughs> yeah, that just is, is crazy. And then beyond that, I learned that I have perfect stock market and uh, crypto investing instincts, but they're backwards. That's right. That's oh. right. So you need to tell me the, like what you plan to invest in oh. and I will make sure not to invest in that. So I had, I actually got up to 0.6 Bitcoin and I sold it last week at 28,000, which I actually did pretty well. So I actually made about 200% profit, but like today, as we're recording this, it's like 36,000. If I had held it for like five more days, I would have made like an extra $6,000 because I also had some Ethereum. So with, with all of it, I cost myself $6,000 by not holding it for five days um and that what's bitcoin up to right now Thirty six thousand. no way really yeah it's it's more than what is that so that's almost doubled its previous all-time high so its previous all-time wow. high was like nineteen thousand seven hundred. uh coming into coming into that was back in 20 whatever 17 i think december 2017 and then right now it's like doubled that so uh Crazy. so i sold it i, I sold it twenty eight thousand. i mean i i made a nice little profit um, it was against a lot of people. I mean, I, I was being recommended not to do it, you know, and I trusted my perfect instincts and I was wrong. <laughs> However, you never know. I might be right. Like maybe it crashes later on. And then I'm like, ah, at least I got out of 28 suckers. <laughs> Any, anything else that, uh, to wrap up your best of 2020? Um, no, not really. I think that's about it. I also failed with Airbnb. I bought their IPO. Uh, the thing crashed Then I got, uh, I, I came back to even, and I sold it pretty much broke. I, I think I ended up losing like 50 bucks on it. And then if I had held on to that one also, then that thing also like went up. I would have made a couple of thousand dollars there also. So I, I made a few badly timed decisions in the stock market, but overall I actually made money this year, which is, which is pretty good. But I think it was hard to lose money this year because everything, if you bought toward the bottom, like everybody that did that made money. So like, even when you make horrible stock investing decisions, sometimes you can still make money. That's a good lesson right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a gamble though. And I, I, I've never been comfortable with that. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, like the worst. I'm the worst. Uh, I'm just too uh, impulsive. 
Like, I just like, I get into like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to hold Bitcoin forever. Nothing's going to make me sell. And then like two days later, I'm like, I'm selling it all. I'm selling it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the next, uh, next episode of marketing geeks, I just want to give a little plug. Uh, we actually have the guy who is the CEO of an audio deepfake company. And he was the one who uh, put the company together and they used that technology for the new episode of Mandalorian with young. Oh, uh, what? Who? Yeah. Why is he in there? I don't know, man. Ask me if oh I care. My like, gosh, is that some kind of a spoiler? You know, I used to. <laughs> I, I grew up on Star Wars. I loved it. I ever, now, I, mean, I already, I already had it spoiled for me before that. But I mean, I haven't even seen. I, I've seen one episode of season one, and I told you, I will not watch it ever again because that that show is made to sell toys, and I don't watch. I don't watch things that are made to sell toys unless they're like, yeah, unless it's, unless it, it's like word party. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are the marketing geeks. And uh, thank you again for being part of the show. We will, uh, we will continue our regularly scheduled program in, uh, in the make, next, make sure to uh, buy our toys. Make sure to buy yes. our marketing geeks action figures. We have a, we have a, a, a baby Justin Womack figure ready to go and <laughs> it's cute you can cuddle with it and a porg we have we have andros porgs andros sturgeon porgs from the from the that's right eight whatever they are the little furry cute things from that from the last jedi we've made andros's face onto a porg that's right you can get a costume a star wars costume of me it's fantastic <laughs> and uh, with that ladies and gentlemen we are the marketing geeks and we are out stay glossy Come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. On the surgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.